podcast, Johnson. It's every other Monday's main event. Hello, welcome to every other Monday's main event. Uh, oh, this is this is for the first of our two October spooky haunted wrestling match episodes. Oh my! Uh, Bill here with uh, Mike, who is uh, he's definitely possessed by the spirit of Paul Bearer. Terrifying. I, uh, so, I can't. I don't. I don't know if I can go as high as Paul Bearer. Okay. You can do the the soap bomb thing. You can do Paul Bear. Oh, but yeah. So we're going to talk about uh, uh, obviously an uh, Undertaker match is fitting for this time of year, of even though we're even yes. though it's the time of recorded. This recording is taking place in August, but whatever. Uh, we're in the uh, the the fucking uh, the death of August, late August when this is happening. Yes. So it's going to be from 1996 uh, in your house. Buried Alive, Undertaker versus Mankind, the first ever Buried Alive match. Oh, wow. And uh, so uh, I think this was around the time you weren't watching yet, right? I was not. I was about two years out. I believe this is around the time where the Undertaker, he started or you know, he was in the process of transitioning from the his initial form of the zombie-like, slow-moving, no-talking, you know, dead man. So he's like, you know, he's talking normal and he's moving faster and adding more layers to his character. But he's still sporting the classic, uh, uh, like purple glove and and boot look. Yeah, I remember thinking I, did, I didn't realize uh, the 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 purple appendages were that late in the game. I always thought that was yeah. like that was over by like ninety two. Nope, I think it will. I think he went back and forth between the grays and the purples early on, if I'm not mistaken. That makes sense. Yeah, but you know, this I think. Uh, Part of the reason for this match, they uh, he and Mankind were feuding, and I think Paul Bearer had recently uh, uh, attacked him and sided with Mankind to add more fuel to the fire. Uh, so, what I have for the match here, uh, on, on top of this, there seemed to be some kind of thing happening with Jim Ross in story mode being mad about how he was treated. Because uh, I watched the, the, the very beginning of this pay-per-view. I don't know if you watched anything or just the match itself. I just saw the match. But, what happened to poor old JR? Uh, it was Vince McMahon, Jerry Lawler, and Jim Ross were all there at the start. Jim Ross didn't even have a microphone for some reason, and he was vocal about not having that. And then he got oh, one man. when they started commentating matches, and his, of course, wasn't working properly. I think at one point he storms off or something. I didn't have time to watch the entire thing, but I think this was supposed to lead to like some kind of heel Jim Ross thing. Oh, I was just gonna say, given uh, Vince McMahon's uh, alleged lifelong hatred of Jim Ross, I just assumed that was uh, legitimate. Uh well, maybe they maybe they played it up into a storyline. Who knows? That's true. Yeah, because it it seemed like it was scripted, but um, yeah. And also, into the first match in this card was Triple H versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh wow! I think they were I think they were both kind of heels or bad guys at the time. Yeah, well, I feel like, I mean, this is kind of before Triple H was a made man, but just after, I think a few months after the Austin 316 promo that uh, changed Stone Cold's trajectory. Yeah, but it was like he would, I just checked out at the very beginning, so when he came down to the ring, he was still, like, mouthing off to to fans and getting in their faces like a bad guy would. 
but that's beside the point. Maybe that'll come later, but uh, this is okay. interesting side note. So uh, the, uh, the the main event was uh, the, the Bray Live match unsanctioned by uh, WWF at the time. And oh, so when goodness. yes, so you have uh, Mankind comes out. Now I forgot uh, in normal matches when he would just defeat nobody's his uh, his entrance music and was different from his post match music. music. Yeah, he had the piano music. song. Yeah, and then he had the like the gentle music. Uh, but he, I forgot he also he did that weird like pig squealing sound back then too. Yeah, I was very quickly reminded of that. I was like, oh my god, why? This is oh yeah, yeah that is character great back then, and he had like clumps oh, of hair sitting. So one the uh, one quote I have is when they when he and Paul Bearer are making it down the ring, Vince McMahon calls him the bulbous Paul Bearer. Goodness, not no, no not inaccurate. He was a, a rotund man. Oh, certainly. Yes. So. But uh, I, I did like the Undertaker's entrance too because they made it. You know, it was very classic. It was like it was like the weird blue light with the fog, and it had like the strobe lights for the the storm effect. Pretty spooky stuff. Yeah. Uh, not as elaborate yeah. as his later stuff, but still pretty nice. Oh no! I mean, it became a joke ultimately by the near the end of his career that his WrestleMania entrances were longer than the matches themselves, which, uh, in at least one case, was true. Oh, all right. I didn't know that. Um, so yeah, the whole point of this match is to get your person to the open grave by the entrance and l- literally bury them in dirt. And that's how you win that's the match. Right. As you should. Yes. So yeah, yeah. I think all matches should end on that condition, honestly. <laughs> but it's permanent. Canonical death at the end of what every about, match. I know we were going to talk about having like a fantasy match stipulations at some point, but what if they oh, took yeah. a step further and have like a, like a, an embalming match? <laughs> literally to embalm it's good your... for the whole process. <laughs> yep. Uh, you had to, had to do the autopsy first, or whatever. Yeah. But um, so yeah, it starts off you know pretty standard. They're just fighting back and forth. But uh, I think another thing that was a somewhat of a character change for Undertaker. He he would jump off the top rope in the ring, but he jumped from the top to the outside of the ring. Yeah, he did which... some really insane daredevil shit. That even though he was a lot younger then, even still for a guy like his size and his height. I was like, God damn, that man uh, knows how to fly. Yeah, because he did that, and they were fighting in the crowd, and then Van Cannon went back over the guardrail and did the flying clothesline over onto him as well. Yes. Which is good. Uh, I think it was kind I of did funny. like it, at one point kind of early on in the match. Uh, it spilled out to the gravesite briefly before coming back into the ring for a while before the, you know, the, the grand finale. Yeah. Um, but at one point, you know, they come back in the ring. They're both covered in filth and dirt. And at one point... Uh, there was a very, very long close-up of a, I would guess, 16-year-old girl who yep. was, like, lightly goth. Like, she wasn't even a goth. She, like, had a pierced lip. And Jerry Lawler just immediately, because he's a disgusting piece of shit, like, just immediately <laughs> starts going off on what I have to imagine is a child and calling yep. her a creature of the night and saying the freaks are out. And it's like, she has a lip piercing, you fucking dunce. Jesus Christ, go jerk off at a Trump rally. Well, he was probably like, you know, I guess, uh, approaching middle-aged Southern man, and yeah, I know he's the perfect kind to not understand, uh, you know, someone that's like the tiniest, most uh, like negligibly different than uh, someone else. Hey, that was, but that was a stick. That was, uh, he was the he was the bad guy announcer back then. So yeah, that's he is in real life. He's a pervert. He's a, he likes uh, kids. Oh. All right, all right. I'm not defending the man. <laughs> yes, you are. You're wearing your Jerry Lawler t-shirt. I'm looking uh, at you. 
He's wearing Jerry, a crown. Jerry Lawler, my short of him making out with a baby. Yeah, that's well, that's right <laughs> up his alley. <laughs> big, big seller back in the day. Oh, yeah. Anyways, um, so but you, to go back to like when they first briefly went out to the the grave area, I do like how Undertaker stopped himself from being put into the grave by pulling a small package. Yeah. That was weird just to see that in general, but then they just like tumble down the hill. Yeah, that's, it was, that it was seemed... a little awkward. It was it was almost it was very not Undertaker too, as no. far as like him using like a an almost technical maneuver to sort of uh, sneak out of something. Like I mean, effective, but yeah, it worked. Really, they also seem to have difficulty getting up to the top because the sand was very loose. Like yeah. they, they thought to put grass around the top part, but yeah, getting up all throughout there. the match you saw you know because at the end of the match you had like. You know, eight guys out there and like everyone's just kind of like slipping and sliding around it and you know just stumbling to get down and paul bear almost took a spill a couple times <laughs> yes he did oh, i'm sure he almost wanted to grab onto the uh, the executioner's hand on the way down right. <laughs> help me <laughs> uh so let's see here we already we talked about the flying clothesline uh so and he had some standard fare, you know, Mankind's getting beaten and Undertaker goes to the top rope and Paul Bearer interferes to have him crotch himself. Uh, like, too, this is at the point where Undertaker started pulling like, the, the black like around his, like, above or below his eyes to give oh, him yeah, the course. extra eerie look. Much better than when he did the black teardrop later on. Oh, boy. <laughs> the Nelly, they call it. The Nelly? Did they call it the Nelly? No, they don't. That's just... did you does, call it doesn't that? Nelly have a uh, teardrop tattoo? Or am I just thinking there? of the bandage on his face? I think he always had the the bandaid on his face, or whatever the fuck it was. Man, so I hope that gets weird. I hope that gets fixed. Speaking of uh, buried alive matches, Nelly. Nelly is got he, buried alive. Is he is he still relevant? Uh, Nelly uh, did a quarantine rap battle with Ludacris on Instagram Live a few months back, and uh, it was had like five hundred thousand viewers at the time. Seemed nice. Oh, they, they did great. All right. There was another good line. I didn't have the uh, word for word, but I believe it's Jerry Lawler who says it. Um, he says that after, like, because Paul Bearer is there to like manage him now. So after Mankind victories, Paul Bearer would ask the defeated opponent for their ears because Mankind was m- missing most of one of his. Yeah, got to replace that, man. That's just a weird thing to say, though. He should have taken Vader's. What the fuck? His ears? Well, was it, wasn't it a Vader match where he lost his ear? No, his eye popped out. Oh, I'm conflating that with the eye pop-up match. If okay. we can yeah, if we can find... I've looked for that before. If we can find that online, we should have Scott for that. Oh, yeah. Know. You would love that. So, uh, there was actually... A, I was surprised because a couple like you know, the couple, it's like a really unprotected chair shots. And then... Yeah. Then they can and, have like some kind of... Shovel shots. Shovel shots, but then they also like spiky thing. Yeah. I was, I was expecting blood. Like, with the first time it happened when Mankind hit him in the head, I saw him go down and cover his face. I was like, oh, it's just, he's going to blade now. But I was actually surprised it didn't happen. Yeah, there was not a drop of red in this match. Yeah, everything okay over there? I have my cat. I thought she was knocking on the door, but she's taking a shit. <laughs> All right, good. She's a beautiful girl. With that, with that half tail. That's right. But yeah, this it was, well, it was interesting because this is one of those matches where it yeah, I, you know, I, I would imagine it's just kind of a testament to the performers, but it's one of those matches that, like, I think I still would have enjoyed it even if there was no gimmick to it. Like, all the stuff that was happening in the ring and, you know, just on the outside and everything, like, this would have just been a good, you know, no disqualification match. It was, yeah, um, it was a good brawl. There was a lot of really great back and forth. 
Yeah, and there was at one point too they were fighting near the grave, and Law was like just to, like, about mankind. He's like, hit him with that shovel, and Benson said, stop it. That's the way he said it. <laughs> He's like scolding a child. I do but love they, it. They did have a point where they get back to the grave, and they're both in there. Like I think Undertaker does get put in the grave, but he he pulls mankind in with him, so that was a close. Yeah, call. Mick tosses uh, Taker in, and then Taker grabs him by the throat, and they're yeah. I think it was more like other. he like pulled him by the shirt collar. I think it was supposed to be a throat yeah. grab. Except, what's funny was like mankind reacted as if you got hit pulled like grabbed by the throat, but he's had right. by the shirt. Nice. Uh, yeah, but then uh, when they they get back to the ring again, and uh, there's a well, I I I know it's just called it's just a pile driver, and it's the way that well Mick Foley would do them. I called the, the wedgie pile driver. Oh yeah, I was gonna say there's he kind of tugs on the undies there to to get oh, that. Oh, definitely. Uh, it's like it's like insult to injury. Yeah, uh, but, but, but there was uh, it was it was also that around that time when uh, when mankind licked the chair. He licked the chair. Yeah, after he uh, he, it was when he uh, he went for the chair shot. And Taker stopped it. Yeah. Um, but then Taker got distracted by Paul Bear, so then Foley did land the chair shot right in the fucking head, and uh, and then Mick like starts to go in the ring, and he's got the chair and he uh, he licks it. Oh, I don't recall that particular moment. Classic mankind. Oh, uh, what I was going to point out too <laughs> was um, when Undertaker got the chair, and he, yeah, he hit mankind in the back. He went down. He's going to he put it over his face. He gave him a leg drop on it, and they cut. Oh to Paul, God, they, yeah. They cut to well. They cut to Paul Bear who looks at the camera and puts a finger to his mouth like like sexy. <laughs> it was so fucking weird. Oh, Paul Bear was always low key horny. It was ah, oh, Percy Pringle. Come on. Percy's ready to come at any minute. If he said that into the camera. <laughs> I'm, I'm re- ready to come! <laughs> oh. uh, let's see. Oh, and then we're fighting outside, too. I don't remember ever seeing this in any other thing I've watched before. I think Mankind wanted to give Undertaker a pile driver on the concrete floor. Yeah. And Undertaker reversed, but he held him up, and then they like fell backwards into the steel steps. Yeah, I think, I think that might have been uh, a little oopsie, I feel like, because that... That was one of those things where, like, if, if Mick landed slightly differently, he could have, like, yeah. broken his neck on it. Yeah. I was, it, seemed, it seemed like, I don't know, it looked weird, but it worked. Yeah. Oh, no, it had a great effect. Well, I mean, that was the beauty of essentially any Mick Foley match is he knew exactly how to just completely fuck himself over and, like, just mangle himself extra. And it, it just always added to, you know, essentially any match that he did throughout his career. Yes. Um... So then they eventually, uh, well, Undertaker uses the steel steps. I'm sure this is probably early on when the steel steps started coming into play because that came like a, that's like a still to this day I'm sure a pretty regular thing now, right? Oh, yeah, of course. But it was I'm sure at the time it seemed pretty novel. Yeah, new idea. But then they hit him with the tombstone, and I gotta say, if Mankind was about 287, Undertaker carried him pretty easily after you know 20 minutes of physicality. Yeah, like it was nothing. Yeah, I'm sure you know. Mankind was doing his best to, you know, not be dead weight. Yeah. On the way up. It, it, it was nice too. I mean, because you know, ultimately, this is what uh, leads to the finish. Because how the hell else are you going to get a guy like that over there? You know, unless you're doing your most devastating move in your arsenal, the, uh, the tombstone itself. And even though Foley kind of got out of that drag a little bit with a mandible claw, yes, he was able to land that choke slam, and that was it. Yes, that's right. Um. So I guess all it takes is a couple of couple of shovels full to to make it official. 
Yeah, you always kind of wonder, what, you know, in, in our next match, it's a little more definitive uh, what constitute, constitutes as being buried. But uh, this time around, yeah, I mean, Taker was just kind of digging that hole, man, Shia LaBeouf style, just digging and digging and getting it in there. And I think eventually, the ref, you know, was it disgraced referee Earl Hebner in this match? Yeah, it was, yes. Yeah, so yeah, it was. I think it was up to disgraced former referee Earl Hebner to determine, <laughs> like, okay, yeah, he's not getting up from this. Uh, and um, what I like is that you know Undertaker keeps going, and the way he he uh, he threw Hebner pretty far down that little of the dirt pile. Yeah. And then the other guy there, uh, d- uh, Graced Michael Mike Chioda. Oh, good old Mikey, yeah. But is he great? What is he? He's not disgraced. He is. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, he's just graced referee graced. Mike Chioda. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves Mike Chioda. But he also gets tossed asunder. Yeah. Those but boys then, know how to bump. Hey, I wonder what kind of prop they use because that uh the the quote unquote executioner comes out and he nails Undertaker like directly in the back of the head with a shovel that breaks. Yeah. I wonder what that yeah. was. What material it was. I have I have to wonder if it, I because I know like a lot of the times they'll just kind of get it, they'll kind of just cut it a little bit beforehand so it just snaps easier. But still, um, the back of the head. Well, exactly. You're still getting nailed in the back of the. A beautiful deadhead. I don't know yeah. what the fuck's going on. But yeah, I think it's funny. I had forgotten. Like they get him in, and I know they they're gonna like bury him. And they, but then I forgot that four other bad guys come out just to help randomly. Yeah, it was a real like who's who of uh, the ghouls at the time. It was just just Triple H and Goldust and Crush. I mean I don't know maybe they were all kind of in a program together at the time. But uh, well, I know Paul Bearer says you know like I'll I'll pay you well or whatever he says. So that maybe yeah. that was. But then and then. Uh, was it a JBL back when he was, I think he was Justin Hawk Bradshaw at the time. Oh yeah. With his super long sleeveless, weird tassel leather vest thing. Oh yeah. I didn't even realize that was him. I was trying to, cause I was trying to work out who the other, I mean, I, cause I heard them say triple H and I obviously yeah. gold us. You can't miss. <laughs> yeah. Um, then it was, it was a crush. I believe when he was part of uh, the, he's like a, like a biker thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. The time. Should point out as well that we're in 2020. Special shout out to Goldust, who is now uh, anti-mask. Just so everyone knows. Uh, is he? Yeah, don't go to a, don't oh. hang out with Goldust during the pandemic. He'll give you the the vid. Boy, that's unfortunate. Yeah. And uh, the uh, the un- the executioner was uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Terry Gordy or not, but that's who was. Oh, okay, un- I didn't know who that was. I I I didn't. Oh, I didn't know that that was Terry Gordy. I I didn't know if it was just literally some random goon that was like part of uh the team or if it was an actual active wrestler at the time yeah i guess this was towards the end of his career i think he had you know they had a, a match because of this and it wasn't very good so i don't think they kept him around uh, yeah just let so, him be a hired gun of some kind oh well, yeah i think they didn't plan on it being that way but it, it just i don't think he wasn't in good shape and he was past his prime so yeah short-lived but um yeah so it was like an awkwardly long time of the burying it because at first too they're they're burying and there's you know, like quote unquote like lightning flashing and then it just stops and there's just five like like literally like, well five minutes of literally like they're filling the entire thing to the brim right like, i'm it's sure like, like you don't need to go that far i'm sure mick foley was more exhausted from pushing dirt in with his hands and the match he just went through absolutely that looked miserable but it was funny then the uh the lightning and thunder start again and it scares off the four guys who came out that's right. And then so everyone else gets down eventually. And Paul, like I said, Paul Bearer like, could have gone down. Very, that would have been great if he slipped, I think. Oh, it was so close, man. I would have loved it. Not going to lie. Yeah. But then this is like, you know, still 
they were like having this type of match that was probably unusual at the time for uh, WWF because they were transitioning out of Super Cheese into kind of grittier stuff. Yeah, they still had, kind they of still, a slow descent into the Attitude Era. Well, they still had the Undertaker like his hand come out at the end out of the ground. <laughs> the lightning struck yeah. at first, but it, you can you can tell that you know he was clearly like like went out some trap door while they filled it with dirt and he's just waiting under there and he because his hand comes out of the grass. Yeah. And he's just do you think it was even him? He's like, here, put this glove on, I'm gonna go take a shower to someone else. It was probably some kind of prosthetic because I would have to imagine once like once well, there's a decent layer of dirt, he had to pop out of a trap door of some kind and Definitely. I I think it's funny too that like a couple of sodas ended up like in there while being buried. Yeah. People just throwing their garbage in there at at them. Oh, they were trying to help. Trying yeah. to fill it up faster. But because th- this is like the way it ended was more like early 90s because it's been like, man, like his hand or like, yelling as they're fading right. to black. It's like, that's oh. the interesting thing about The Undertaker, though, is that, you know, he, he, as much as they were shifting more towards something realistic, like it was always just kind of accepted still. Like he had his brief stint as the American badass. It was a few years when he was just a biker, but. Um, you know, when he when he came back as a goth in like 2004, when everything was like very, very normal and very grounded in reality, it's like, oh, and by the way, we also have this spooky dude. Yeah. They just always were like, yeah, you know what? He's earned it. He's grandfathered into the weird shit. So let's keep doing that as long as he's around. Yeah, people still eat it up. Yeah. But it still does me from being like, oh, come on, really? At the end. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. And it, it, I, and that's why I love it. And that's why yeah. I love wrestling, because it's so fucking stupid. Yeah, it's just high, high cheese factor. Absolutely. All right, so yeah, that was uh, part one of the, the spookies. All right, now uh, part two of our spooky sensation, our Halloween celebration. <laughs> we're going to take our good friend, Mean Mark Calloway, known as The Undertaker, and we're going to fast forward 24 American years to this year, 2020, one it of the worst years ever. Me. Yeah, and it is The Undertaker, allegedly, this is his final match, it is the Boneyard match against AJ actually? Styles. Uh, supposedly, yeah, but he'll be back, and you know, once they do another Saudi Arabia show and that's back up and around, he'll, he'll wrestle someone else, I'm sure. But uh, for now, anyway, it's, it's uh, his last match. It was uh, WrestleMania 36, night one, now that they're splitting it up smartly into two nights, April 4th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. And The Undertaker took on the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. And uh, I got to tell you, first of all, uh, it's been four months. Uh, still my match of the year for 2020. Really? Uh, still my match of the decade for 2020 to 2029. Uh, <laughs> wow, early. The dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. And uh, it's everything I love about wrestling. So to, to kind of provide a, 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 I mean, it's a pretty fairly simple to understand context, but uh, Vince McMahon um, decided the show must go on during a global pandemic, and so they were doing. The, you know, they this is right at the start of the pandemic, essentially only a few weeks into like lockdowns and quarantines and all that. So they were doing their show instead of at the weekly uh, uh, change of arena. They were they made a residency at their own performance center um, in front of at the time no one. Uh, you know, more into the quarantine, they would have NXT wrestlers with masks six feet apart to have some kind of crowd noise. But uh, because it was kind of an awkward, uncomfortable thing, they were like, well, how can we make a match feel big 
went in front of no one and they went the cinematic route. So a couple matches from this WrestleMania were done um, uh, non-traditionally in a more uh, like actual short film style. Like cinematic. Yeah. And uh, that's what we ended up with, with, with this, which more than anything, no one needed this more than the undertaker. Cause you know, his last few matches over the last few years were just depressing and, you know, and I, I can't knock the guy. The man was a, you know, flawless wrestler for longer than most wrestling fans have been alive at this point. Um, yeah, like but pretty this much your lifetime, nice, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so this was a nice way, really, to kind of mask his weaknesses uh, and still let him put on a very entertaining match. And, you know, if you're going to choose someone to make The Undertaker look good, you choose AJ Styles. And I'm I'm sad that your first AJ Styles match is not uh, in a ring in front of a crowd because um, he's one of the greatest wrestlers in history. But uh, this is still a God. What a confrontation between these two boys. Now um, I'm aware of the gentleman. He's he used to wrestle in a the rival promotion, a rival promotion. Yes, he was in uh, he was in TNA and he was in Ring of Honor. Okay. He was in yeah. a bunch, and New Japan, actually, and a bunch of others. But those are, you know, he kind of made his name across those three. And no one ever thought he would come to WWE. And uh, he did. And Vince had no plans for him. He just kind of wanted him. Uh, and Vince fell in love. And uh, rightfully so. AJ Styles, he is one of the few people. Uh, Vince McMahon is also in that crowd, as is Candice Cameron Bure, where I am willing to overlook their horrid, horrid, horrid political uh, and personal views oh, because no. I love their work so much. AJ Styles... Well, uh, is an Undertaker in the same boat? Yeah, he is, but I don't overlook it as much for him. And I, you know, he's got a better body of work. I, uh, Undertaker's more extreme. The Undertaker owns, like, Blue Lives Matter shirts and Benghazi shirts, whereas AJ is just kind of a generic bumpkin conservative. Oh, okay. Who, uh, yeah, and, and, a, and a flat earther. Um, oh my god, really? Yeah, Randy Orton loves to remind people that AJ Styles is a flat earther, which oh. makes me laugh a lot. Good. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, garbage brain, but uh, fucking brilliant, brilliant mind for professional wrestling. And, uh, and I mean, even through this, this match does not prove that either man is a great professional wrestler, but it does prove that both men are unbelievable sports entertainers because there's so there's so much to love in this match. Yeah, I should probably get my notes up for this. I took notes for this one. So, um, what led to this? So was this just like an open challenge? Like, I, I'm better than you, or...? Yeah, so, I mean, basically over the last ten years, it got to a point that it wasn't so much about what The Undertaker's up to as much as it was who is going to step up to face The Undertaker. Because, obviously, he had his uh, massive WrestleMania win streak. So, it just got to a point, you know, in the late 2000s, starting kind of with Shawn Michaels, where every Undertaker match at WrestleMania was about the streak and it was about beating the streak. And yep. even though the streak has since been beat by Brock Lesnar, and then he had one other loss against Roman Reigns a couple of years later, um, it's still, everybody wants to take out the Undertaker and AJ Styles said, you know what? I'm a, I'm the phenomenal one. You're the phenom. Uh, I'm calling this asshole out. And AJ did it by essentially saying that the Undertaker was not the living legend that we all knew knew and loved. He was just a man. And he was proving it by showing pictures of his wife's Instagram. Uh, his wife, also a legendary wrestler in her own right, Michelle McCool. Um, but, you know, she she's not 
protecting a 30-year gimmick. She's just a regular woman. So she's married to The Undertaker, and she shows pictures of them at the pool and at charity events and at clan rallies and, you know, wherever else uh, <laughs> the, the McCool and Calloway family she, likes to go. Was she the one that confirmed that he was not dead for some That's, weird oh, reason? From my prank, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your rumor. <laughs> That's right. My rumor that I, I, I was able to force Michelle McCool to show a picture of him alive. Maybe it's all. Uh, maybe that was the first time she ever did it. Maybe it started with me. Shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, so you know, AJ Styles was essentially saying that uh, you know, the Undertaker is just Mark. He's not. He's not the Undertaker. He's Mark Calloway. He owns a mansion. He swims in a pool. He posts on Instagram. He uses emojis when he tweets. Like he's just a regular fucking guy. He's. I'm not afraid of him. So obviously that led to the Undertaker being like, "I'll fucking kill you," um, and you know, it just led to a, a traditional feud that culminated uh, in this match. So the only time they fought was this. This is the only time we ever got it, and uh, okay. and again, it's it's for the better because if AJ, I mean AJ Styles has been in his prime for fucking ten years, and if he were to go against the Undertaker now, he you know Undertaker wouldn't be able to keep up. But yeah, the, he, uh, just to to make that happen, I can I can equate it to the way Undertaker was moving is like when I get out of bed in the morning. Yes, <laughs> just like slow and like you know, he, he's I mean he's what is he in early fifties now at yeah. least. Yeah, he, I mean, understandably, I mean, he's 30 plus years of wrestling constantly for the most part. It's going to take a toll on you. Yeah, it's it's not like this is unearned the way it is for someone like us, where if we were to just get up, it's like, well, that's because you're just out of shape and dumb. Like yeah. and when I when I try to struggle myself through existing every day, that's all that is. But him, it's like, all right, well, you know, you've been taking chair shots to the head for your whole life and diving off the fucking top rope when you're in your late forties and you've certainly earned the right to say, move sluggishly. Even like I mean, every time he gives someone a, a tombstone power driver, he's dropping down on his knees for Absolutely. Like, probably thousands of times. Yeah. Man's destroyed his body for, uh, for our entertainment. And, uh, so, uh, more than anyone else, basically in the history of pro wrestling, I think the undertaker gets a pass for, uh, his body being banged up. Certainly should have retired at 20 and 0 against Triple H in 2012, but uh, we'll we'll talk about that when we inevitably cover that match because that's one of the best matches uh, ever. Probably going to be uh, your choice, I imagine. Of course, Triple what H Undertaker I, era. What if I chose that and like blindsided you? Would you be upset? <laughs> I just choose the other Undertaker and Triple H match from the year before. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just do those back to back. I don't give a fuck. Oh, okay. But yeah, so the match starts off, you think The Undertaker's coming in in his hearse, but it's fucking AJ Styles being a dick. I do like how they bust out the classic druids, though. That's right, yeah, you, well, that's, they, they gotta get you fooled, you gotta think, oh shit, The Undertaker's coming out of a hearse, this is a fun entrance. Yep. But nope, yeah, they play AJ's shitty fucking theme song as he comes <laughs> out in his jeans and his uh, cut-off shirt. Muscle shirt, yeah. That's right, looking good. He's and pumped then, to be there, he's excited. Oh yeah, well he thinks he thinks he's got this in the bag. He thinks, oh, I'm gonna fucking beat the shit out of this old man and humiliate him on his home turf. Little did he know uh, how this match was gonna end. But uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden, um, the Undertaker uh, shows up to a fucking. It, was that Metallica or was that a shitty Metallica it knockoff? It sounded like fake Metallica to me. Okay. Yeah, so he comes out to butt rock, and uh, this is the first time since 2003, I think, that we've seen him in his American badass persona. Um, but The Undertaker, the way he'll describe it is, 
this was the first time I've wrestled as the Undertaker, as the American Badass, and as Mark Calloway. I, he kind of sees what he was doing as kind of uh, playing into everyone he's ever been throughout his career, which I will agree oh. with. I mean, there's there's I, Undertaker elements to it as well as American Badass. I believe at one point he was a mass wrestler named Texas Red too. So or right. would that Texas come in? Red in there too? Okay, of okay, okay. Yep. It, it, he got there was Texas Red. That's what he called the blood on his arm when he accidentally punched. Uh, oh, wait, he said one. that. That's right. But, uh, yeah, so he, um, yeah, I mean, Undertaker and AJ, I mean, they just really, they get right to it, and Undertaker just immediately begins fucking destroying AJ and mocking him relentlessly, calling him a little bitch, like, just being so hateful and so disrespectful off the bat, which, uh, that, that's all you want when you get your baby face taken on your asshole heel. Mm-hmm. It's, it sounded strange, it's like, uh, that's probably how he talks in real life. No, yeah. uh... You know, with the the, the slow drawn out rolls, he didn't roll his eyes. DJ Styles, it's just more <laughs> like, oh yeah, fuck you, I'm the Undertaker. Just kind of a light, stone cold voice almost. Yeah, I did. That was funny. The one quote I have, you know, it was shortly after Undertaker, quote unquote, accidentally cut. Did you think he really cut his arm? Because oh uh, yeah, reacted, that was that was a, a mistake that they kept in. Oh, because he reacted, it's like, oh, whoops, kind of. Yeah, he's a pro. Yeah, but um. If Undertaker says, once more, I got a lot of more. <laughs> yeah, that was a... <laughs> I was like, oh. That's, uh, that's uh, CTE. 30 years of CTE is what that... Uh, oh, okay. Where that quote comes from. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, there was... It was, um, it was very, very, very one-sided. AJ tried to play a little dirty. He, uh, he tossed a dirt in Taker's face. He even hit a low blow. Yeah, he put the um, Yeah, but Taker tossed him right into that grave. You think it's over early? The OC shows up, Gallows and Anderson. For these guys? So this is these are uh, AJ's henchmen, uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Very good tag team. Uh, they've since been released from WWE. They're in uh, Impact Wrestling now. Um, but they're perfect fucking henchmen. Because they are talented and they are tough and intimidating, uh, but they're also total fucking goofballs. Um, yeah. Their big thing that I always really liked was uh, Luke Gallows, who's the, the taller and the bigger of the two. Um, he liked to call people nerds, and it always made me laugh. He would, oh. uh, he he would talk about where you rank on the nerdometer. It was it was great, but uh, yeah. So they were the OC, the original club, uh, the three of them as as a collective unit. Um, and uh, yeah, right when AJ's down, Gallows and Anderson show up to help, and uh, they make an explosion happen, and then a bunch of <laughs> druids come, which just makes it feel yeah. like a Steven Skull movie at this point, which is just so <laughs> so good. Yeah, like, like an entire wall falls over, doesn't it? Uh, the wall falls over later uh, when uh, AJ tackles the Undertaker. Oh, through it. right, right. Oh, they all appear like just they all appear from behind. Yes, that, whatever the hell that was, shack wall yeah. or something. The shack mansion that played yeah. into it a lot. Yes. But uh, yeah, so Undertaker is able to make quick work of the Druids, but uh, then the OC are able well, to take advantage. I have to say that when he's fighting out the Druids, that's you can, you can see his age there. Yes. A bit. Yeah. Did you? Did you watch um, The Irishman? No. Um, so, well, essentially in The Irishman, you know, it's, it's Robert De Niro and he's in his 70s now or maybe 80s. I don't know. But he's playing himself at different ages and they use CG to make him look younger uh, very successfully. So, but there's one scene in The Irishman where it's supposed to be him like in his 40s. And you know, normally the body language is mostly fine. But there's one part where he like beats the shit out of someone and it's like, oh, that's. 
that's a 70 year old man beating the shit out of someone. And that's like how I felt watching the undertaker and the Druids. It's like, you are, you're showing your age here, brother. And, uh, the, the, the Druids are being very generous. in selling yes. yes, they were, but yeah, he, he does get overcome by the, the two known gentlemen out of that bunch. Beautiful goons. Um, but yeah, so the, you know, the OC's taking him out. Uh, but again, you know, Taker is still able, able to overpower them. Um, but then AJ sneaks up from behind and shatters what looks to be a full gravestone over his back, which is <laughs> yes. awesome. That was nice. Yeah. The, uh, they... At this point, is he uh, he's punching when he, he says he breaks his finger too? Yes, yes. Which uh, again, I don't know if that was also legitimate, but <laughs> the way he says it, he's just he seems frustrated at the fact. And yep. Uh, but yeah, this is when AJ tackles the Undertaker right through the wall. They just crash land into the house, and then this is when it gets really uncomfortable because the Undertaker's like struggling oh, to breathe. Breathing, yeah, he puts he's like he's breathing like he's going to throw up to death. Is what I put. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But AJ, he's just taking him down. He's calling him a broken down old bitch, and they're playing like Western music, like when the hero's dying in the saloon after being shot. Like, yeah, it's just very, uh, very uncomfortable. He also breaks and, a shovel over his back. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, we talked about earlier that Undertaker's been taking shovels to the back since 1996, apparently. Yeah, and that, that's what, that puts him into the grave. Yep. And AJ goes over to the bulldozer and starts to try to turn it on, and uh, Undertaker's fine. Yep, this is where it gets cartoonishly weird. Yes. AJ climbs up to the roof of the building. Undertaker follows him, and again, we're we're certainly seeing. Oh wait, uh, wait you're glazing over. You can't glaze over the how it happened, though. Sorry, I got to go back to it for a second. Please, yeah, hit me. No, it is. You no, know, it's the, the lights, the backlighting, and the oh, yeah. staring, staring him down, and oh, it's he just so is like doing like the laugh, but then he's like, haha, and then like he slowly realizes that what's going on behind him. Oh man. So. You There's can't. There's no yeah, better yeah. cartoon character than Alan Jones Styles in that moment. <laughs> is that his? name yeah his 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 real name is alan because there's a point too in the match where undertaker's calling him alan yes uh, which also made me giggle <laughs> okay but then they uh they get to the roof yes and again undertaker showing his age because it takes him about 45 minutes to climb that ladder oh that's for a dramatic effect wasn't it yes oh that that's what we can call it um but aj is trying to run undertaker just creates an explosion behind aj so he can't run anywhere that was like he pulled like a cane thing there yeah, yeah, he's making Undertaker, If anything, Undertaker was all about lightning, I thought. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. He's the Undertaker. All right, all right, fair enough. Make it rain come if he felt like it. <laughs> he should have. That would have been great. I would have been on board with that. Um, but Gallows and Anderson do resurface at this point, but uh, Undertaker throws Gallows off the roof and then hits yep. a tombstone on Anderson. So they're, they're done. Yep, that's it for them. And then... Choke slam time, so you know this match is closing up shop shortly. We've seen a tombstone, now we get a choke slam. Undertaker choke slams AJ off the roof. Yeah. And yeah. this is where we know this is it. And it kinda like in that uh in the in the in the mankind match from twenty four years earlier, you know that once Taker hits those moves, all he's gotta do is drag you over to that grave and it's over. Yeah. And I, uh I, I like how they set it up though, because he's at first he's like he's trash talking him and he's I'm an old man now, huh? Yeah. But how he gets him close and he's so I was like, please, I know. But then he's eventually he's like, nah, I'm not gonna do you think I was gonna do that to you? And he gives him a hug. Yeah. Oh <laughs> man. Fakes him out. AJ's like, oh shit, maybe maybe I got through to him. Maybe he's gonna spare me. And maybe I can hit him with a low blow. You know, he, he was probably scheming in his head, but Undertaker's like, well, Nope. 
Well, yeah, because what? Because when Styles is laying down, he's like, he rolls off to one side, and Undertaker's like, no, don't go over there. Come back over here. <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking weird. Yeah. The Undertaker's just some kind of like delicate, creepy, horny old man just trying to <laughs> get him in the grave and gives him his little hug. Uh, but uh, but no, I mean, once he tosses him in, that's it. Yeah, he booted him in, didn't he? Yeah, he. I think he was trying to boot the face, but uh, you know, again, uh, thirty years of uh, dying will only lead you to uh, to deliver a, a big boot to like the lower abdomen. Yeah, the, the knee. <laughs> yeah. But again, who the fuck am I to talk? I can't lift my leg up on my best day, so you know, yeah. you did your best, Undertaker. Uh, but yeah, then you see this man that we've known as this you know, immortal being for 30 years, this, you know, uh, gr- larger than life, uh, supernatural creature, you know, just slowly climb a bulldozer and try to turn it on. Yeah. So he, can, uh, he can shove the dirt into the grave. It would have been funny if they like went family guy on it. And he was like, kind of like muttering to himself. He's like, how do you take, which is like, what is it? how do you do? it's like dead silence as he's trying to figure it out. Five minutes of him trying to just understand yeah. how to turn a vehicle on. Yeah. Oh, that's how, oh okay, and then he, then, yeah. then he does it. But uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 nice. And again, so we don't have to deal with that suspense of that mankind match of just watching somebody uh, slowly dig a grave. No, you just push all the dirt in, one and done. Good right, they go. had it ready, yeah, ready to go. Yeah. But you do but, have uh, his hand is of conveniently course. sticking up. Not like I'm coming back. Just like that's what that's that's you know he's. The defeated hand. That's right. That was AJ's last uh, last gesture to save his life, and he failed. And yep. of course, it's, uh, the Undertaker also pulls the vine off the grave to reveal that AJ is dead, which uh, would have been really awkward if AJ didn't uh, lose that match. Yes. <laughs> AJ goes for the big reveal, but it says him, and he's like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Uh, but then but you yeah, have, no. and then you have, well, and then you have Taker picks up his bandana, dusts it off, and puts it back on. Good. Hops on the, the hog bike. and the Undertaker logo lasers itself from the roof. Yeah, and yeah he does the arm raise and you get the, the flames too, right? right. Yeah. Perfect uh, as the Undertaker rides off into the, well, not the sunset. The sun is long set at this point, but he rides off into the night, uh, the last we ever see of him. Until next year. Yeah, until, you know, until crowds are back in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Because that's, uh, Undertaker yeah. loves that Saudi money, man. He, whew. Would you take it? Absolutely. Wait, would you? Would you, uh, you would. What about the the morality though, that women aren't allowed? Could you listen for fucking ten million dollars? I donate nine of that to you know women's charities and then coast off yeah. you know another million. Fair enough. Yeah. Or that's what uh, that's what some of those guys do. Some of the ones that are morally opposed to it but also want money. They uh, uh, like Mustafa Ali. The last time they did a Saudi Arabia show, he donated his entire paycheck from that show to. Uh, I don't know where he donated it to, but somewhere good. He's a nice boy. Sandwiches? Yeah, Sandwich Foundation. Oh, nice. So that was an interesting, uh, the, the most, uh, I don't know, for for scripted matches, the most scripted we've covered so far, would you say? Because of how it was done? Yeah, yeah. The, and, and they've done a couple matches since, um, similar to that, not Boneyard matches, but kind of pre-taped matches that benefit from, you know, not having a crowd. Right. Um, the best example, because actually the only other match I think is just as good was um, the Money in the Bank match. But a month later, uh, it was the Money in the Bank briefcase is normally you know just what? a ladder match. I actually watched that. Oh, you did? 
I saw that and I was like, oh, this because I they, it was like at a in a building, so I was like, this looks interesting. Yeah, yeah. And it was because they were showing two matches at the same time, essentially, yeah, right? Yeah, the women's and the men's match happened uh, concurrently. I did, you know, I I appreciated the attempts attempts at humor that were involved. Yes. Yes. I did like though how I'm not sure who it was, but the woman, but she put it was a food fight happening, and Rey Mysterio got put into a sleeper hold by one of the female oh, wrestlers. Uh, I believe uh, Shanna Baszler. Okay, it just yeah. it seemed like out of nowhere, and yeah, it was maybe chuckle here and there. And... Yeah, no, it was it was it was. Oh, I loved it so much. It was everything. Again, you know, WWE always thrives when their backs are against the wall. Yeah, um, and you know. Pandemic times are, are no exception. They just they they try their best to every pay per view at least to have, uh, you know, one or two matches that you could not do in front of a live crowd, which is a, a nice way to keep it interesting right. when everyone wants to die. And you also get a brother love cameo too for some weird reason. Yeah, a great brother love cameo, of course. <laughs> Face red as ever. Oh yeah. It's well, so he's weird. a producer backstage, so um, they they didn't need to ship him in for that one. They were just like, oh, can you put on your makeup for two minutes? Okay. Tell, tell someone you love him. Yeah, sure. But yeah, all right. Those are our, our, our terrifying Halloween-themed matches for the month of October. That's right, and I hope I hope to uh, give you an AJ Styles match in the near future so you can see what he can really do, because uh, that man is uh, another level. Okay. Go fuck yourself. Uh, wow. Not, talk to the audience like that? Our listeners? Yeah, oh. Of course. Of course. Oh, As a slowing, reminder, uh, you're slowing down. the earth is flat. Earth is flat, um, thin blue line, thin blue line, and then uh, what was the other thing AJ got up in arms about? The, remember that Gillette commercial that everyone oh. got mad at because it was saying like, "Hey, you don't have to be a piece of shit to be a man." Yep. Yeah, he was really mad about that. He ranted and raved on some conservative talk show about that. Oh boy. Alan yeah, we're, Jones, we're not, lucky we're not conservatives. Wrestling. In case you hadn't figured it out on on this program or any that we're on. If that bothers you, fuck you, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want anyone to know I exist if uh, you support the president. Yeah. And on that note... Yeah, on that black, note... On that uh, Black Lives Matter, and see you next time. That's right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.